Good morning. Does everyone have one of these? This is your travel guide this morning uh, to uh, go on a journey. And uh, this is really a great journey. And as uh, Yvonne was explaining the inductive method, the uh, key word to it is in. Say that with me. In. It's instead of skimming over the surface of God's word and just uh, taking a glance, it's stepping in behind the surface, digging out the treasures. And this is going to be a great year for us. Um, When I learned the method, it was like I I was sitting on my seat. I went to a two-day conference. I was sitting on my seat and I was thinking, where was this all my Christian life? And I felt like I was discovering rocket science. It was life-changing to me. So First uh, Thessalonians is a powerful book. It's a wonderful book. I got lost in it. I, um, I couldn't stop doing that background on it. I wish I had a whole session, uh, two sessions, to go into the background because it's a big story. But where it lands is uh, some really life-changing truths. If you see the uh, cover here, this is my black and white version. This is your color in living color version. And you might have wondered, what does a gospel road trip have anything to do with this letter and with you? And I just want to say everything. Everything. We're either a missionary or we're the mission field. And child of God, there shouldn't be anything in between. So God wants to fire us up. And I came to the Lord in the Jesus People Revival. And there's two movies out there that you must see. One is Jesus Revolution, and the second is Left Behind. And they are very big deals. I came to the Lord when there was one Calvary Chapel And it was about half the size of this aisle. Really, literally. It was in the old days. (laughs) The really old days. And um, I came to the Lord with, uh, someone led me to the Lord when he was, I think, a month old in the Lord. And I led somebody to the Lord when I was two weeks old in the Lord. And the only thing I did was told, tell that, that little gal that was sitting before me, 16-year-old, I told her everything that I knew. <laughs> and then I told her again. So as we, uh, I'd like you to open your Bibles. And the first uh, words that are on the top of the page is Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And if you have your pen in your hand, and you must... Um, when you study the Bible, this is the word of God and that's the food for our soul. Who will agree? Half of you. Who will agree that this is word? Yes. Amen. So if this is God's word, hold up your pen. That's your fork and your paper is your, is your plate. And that's why what we're going to do, we're going to engage ourselves. We're going to grab hold Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Who were they? They were the dream team. They were the dream team. And in my research, I backed up to Acts 15, and it's one of my sad 
chapters, it ends with the dream team of Paul and Barnabas parting ways. I mean, it breaks my heart every time I read it. How could that be? But the next thing happened is he picked up Silas. Silas is a partner. And then a little while later, he picks up Timothy, who is, by all evidence, a young kid, maybe still in its teens, maybe 20. His mom and his grandma were believers, and his father was a Greek. So uh, maybe you have, um, maybe you're the only believer in your family. You're raising kids, and your husband isn't. Take courage. You pour into those kids. Maybe you're the grandma. You pour into the kids. You pray because maybe your grandchildren are going to be part of a dream team. And so this letter starts out by introducing them to the church at Thessalonica. In God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What was Thessalonica? It was a city that was on the crossroads of the Roman road. It, it was on the road from Rome to the Orient. The first time ever in history where there had been such a highway, where news could travel and, and wealth could travel and people could travel. But it was also a very dangerous city, a decadent city, a, a full of idle city. And I feel like there's so many parallels to our world right now. For the first time ever, the internet, I can send a message to Russia, my friends in Russia, and um, seconds later, I, could, I have communicated. God is doing many things right now in these interconnected ways, but just like their world, it's getting dangerous. Rome had access to all parts of the world, and their power was strong, and their power was dark. And so what did these people need? They needed a father God, not an emperor. They needed a father God, and they needed a Lord Jesus. That's who they needed. They needed salvation. And that's what came to this city Backing up the truck, backing up the truck, uh, I read chapter 16. Chapter 16 is a magnificent chapter in Acts. And what happened there was that, um, that Paul had a, had a vision. And the vision was a man was calling out, calling out to them, come over and help us. And literally it was the call to, to kind of step further. In, 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 in the mission field and go to new places. In that first steps, there were some doors that the Holy Spirit closed, but there was the open door to Thessalonica, first to Philippi, which was the first European church to be reached. And, and what a wonderful story that is in Acts chapter 16. First believer that comes is a woman. I love that. And she opened her house and invited the missionaries. But as we know, if you haven't read that chapter lately, you just must. It's one of my all-time, I hate it and I love it chapters. I hate it that in that wonderful experience of them sharing the gospel and they cast a demon from a little slave girl, the people in the city got in an uproar and, and then they took 
Paul and Silas, and, and remember, this was Silas's first trip with Paul, and they tore off their clothes and beat him to a bloody pulp, threw him into the inner inner prison. And if I was Silas, I'd be, I'd be thinking, who teamed me up with this guy? <laughs> you know, you know, this might be the last mission I'm going on. But God was with them. God was with them in that prison. And they started singing songs and hymns. And my favorite line of that story is the other prisoners listened. That's my favorite part. My next favorite part is that the prison doors just flew open. The jailer almost killed himself because of it. He knew that he'd be killed anyway, so he was almost killing himself. And and Paul and Silas says, hey, guy, don't do it. Don't do it. And they led him to the Lord right then. You know, if it was me, uh, I might have been, after being beaten and thrown in this prison, I mean, knock yourself out. (laughs) Just go for it. But that's the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. And, but it was a rough go. So here, as we, as, we, um, as we enter this story, and I was thinking about what's a good inter- introduction to, to the starting of the church in Philippi. Well, it could be a, a Red Sea experience because they passed through that trial, and then they went to the next city. It was the aftermath of all of that going on. So it could be, I could put the title, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger. That's a good title, as they go to Thessalonica. When God closes a door, and they did have to leave uh, Philippi to go on to Thessalonica, when God closes a door, he opens a window. Maybe that's a good word for you. James Earl Jones, the voice of Darth Vader. Did you know when he was a kid, he stuttered? He stuttered really bad. So did Jack Hibbs, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. And Beethoven's mom almost aborted him. Thessalonica was the next stop on the Romans road to start the church in Thessalonica. God was had distinctly called Paul by giving him a vision, come over to help us. Now, he wasn't a soldier or a doctor, so he knew it was spiritual help that God was calling him to. There's a lot of lessons for us. I'm hoping you're picking up some, that God's pointing at you, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And again, they were the dream team. And, and as we open your, as you open the booklet here, the words of this book at the top of the page, it first of all, it says, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. As Paul wrote these words, maybe he had a flashback. Maybe he had a flashback, and he probably told his story everywhere he went, of how he was hard-hearted, where he was full of religion, 
but he didn't know the love of God. He wasn't a child of God. He wasn't, he didn't know Jesus. He resented Jesus because Jesus forgave so easily. And how he was on a rampage seeking to destroy Christians when God knocked him off his um, high horse and spoke to him and said, Paul, it's just hard for you to kick here. And, um, and Paul was blinded. And, and, and then um, a disciple came and laid his hands on. He opened his eyes. One of the first things he said to God was, now what do you want me to do? When he came to know and have a fresh encounter with real Jesus, the living one, the risen Savior, he said, now what do you want me to do? That's a, that's a good thing to ask. And as he told his testimony, and he must have, it must have fired up these people. Because already in this brand new Christ, Christian church, they were working. They became workers in the field. The last words that Jesus said to his disciples was, go make disciples. To Peter, he said, feed my sheep. Take care of people. The, the fields are wide. Can't you see it right now? Can't you see it right now? These are words that could fire us up to have a work of faith going beyond what you can do. You can't win somebody to the Lord, but you can love him. By faith, you can step out of your comfort zone and reach out to people all along, all around you, a labor of love. If you're raising kids, it's a labor. First to birth, birth them. But that's the easy part. <laughs> Those of you that have teenagers, you know. Yeah. A labor of love is raising children in this society. And, and so we must have a, be a work of faith. Faith in God, not in your own ability to love him in the hard days. To have the wisdom that you need at that moment. To be patient. To be patient. <clears throat> the gospel of power... And of the Holy Spirit is the gospel they received. Read those words with me. The gospel of power and of the Holy Spirit. That's how they received Christ. When I came to the Lord in those early, early days in 1969, I was a mess. I was a train wreck. I felt hopeless. I felt I had ruined my life. I had felt like I had made many mistakes. And so the gospel had to come to me with power. And what it meant was that when they explained to me that the gospel meant I could be completely forgiven. Well, that was powerful. And I hindered, I, I hesitated, and I asked them three times, do you mean completely forgiven? And they said, white as snow. And then I asked them again, are you sure as far as the east is from the west, he'll remove my sin from me. And they gave me that confidence. It wasn't by my goodness. It's by the love of God. And then they told me about the power of the Holy Spirit. Because even when I came to the Lord, I thought, I'm a loser. 
I do not know the Bible. I don't know how to walk with God. And it was explained to me that the Holy Spirit would come upon me and change me from the inside out. This is the, this is Christianity. They were learning Christianity 101. And child of God, sometimes we need to go back to our roots. We need to go back to our roots. Absolutely. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all of Macedonia and Acacia who believe. I love this. I love this. Do you love this little picture of this little gal? She's a, like us. We're, we're children of the king of kings. But sometimes, you know, the hard things of life just kind of make our crown crooked. <laughs> but we still are who we are. And sometimes it does get rough. The seas do get stormy, as they did with Paul sometimes in his travels. And I know that some of you are going through something bigger than you. And that's why we need to know that God is bigger than that. Say that with me. God is bigger than that. And that's the power of the gospel and the Holy Spirit to walk us through these storms. In those early days of being a Christian, um, I did lead a little 15-year-old girl to the Lord. Again, I was two weeks old. I just told her what I had just learned because I still remembered it. Well, her boyfriend was very upset and angry about that, and um, really upset about that. Um, and I didn't realize that, because um, I didn't know him. But um, my husband and I, um, him and his wife, have been best friends with us now for, I think, 50 years. <laughs> He's forgiven me completely. Um, but when he, but he, he, he was so angry that she, she didn't want to go out with him or do drugs with him or any of those things anymore. And she started carrying her Bible to, to school, even. Big Bibles. To school she did. And sharing the gospel. And he hated that their lives had separated like that. But she saw in him something that he didn't have. And eventually, like three weeks later, he came to the Lord. And then... He felt called to the ministry like weeks later. He wanted to just drop out of college and he wanted to join the Christian ministry. I did too. Two weeks after I came to the Lord, I, I, I joined the ministry. I joined a Christian house and uh, started going to the streets and sharing Christ. Well, he did and he went to announce to his father that he was going to do it, that his father was a fairly famous accountant in Los Angeles. Um, and they had a box seat at the Dodgers games with Russell and Russell. And so he walked in one day and told his mom and dad, I am quitting college and I'm moving into the ministry because I feel like God has called me. And they said, no, you're not. He said, yes, I am. They said, no, you're not. He said, yes, I am. They said, if you do that, if you walk out of this house today and you've quit college, you will take only the clothes on your back. Well, he had a complete set of baseball kids cards all signed by the original players. 
He had records. He had clothes. He had stuff. He walked out of that house with only the clothes on his back. And in the next 10 years, God used him mightily, mightily. Sometimes it's just hard. Sometimes you just know God's, God's leading you to step out of your comfort zone and do something. And, and James, James, he speaks, my brother encountered all joy when you fall into various trials. Yeah, right. That's going to make my day. <laughs> Knowing that the testing of your faith works patience. But let patience have its perfect work. That you, that you may be complete in him. And again, what you're going through right now, if it's hard, you just need to fall on your knees and you go, Lord, that may be from the enemy, but I want you to milk it for all it is. I want you to teach me something I would have never known if I didn't go through this hard storm. Verse 8, for from you, the word of God has sounded forth in every place. That's awesome. That's awesome. Here this was a new church in a, a completely worldly atmosphere. But they were so thankful, so thankful that God had saved them that they couldn't be silent. They couldn't be silent. And again, I, I know I speak to you often about the necessity for it's us. If not you, who? If not you, who? Who's going to tell your neighbor that Jesus loves them? How, who's going to tell the, the, the lady standing behind you at the grocery store that Jesus loves them? We need to be armed and loaded. And that's why I'm very passionate about always making Gospels of John available to you. And I have a hundred this morning, just in case you wondered. Also, I think I shared it. Uh, last semester, that I ordered some little wristbands. Do you guys remember that? Okay, and what they say is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through thirteen. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, it "says God is speaking." He says, "I know the plans that I have for you, and they are good, and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then you'll call to me, and I'll listen." Is that the best news ever? I was down at the 99 cent store last week and somebody was behind me and she was buying some things for her daughter who was turning 19. And for some reason, she just wanted to tell me about her daughter and her party and her, she wanted me to read the birthday card she was reading. <laughs> and I said, that is so exciting. Sounds like your daughter's just a, a wonderful girl. Well, I got a gift for her too. And I happened to have two of these on, which I always wear. Took one off, and I said, this is the best gift she'll ever get, to know that God loves her and has a plan for her life, and it's good. We need to be armed and loaded. Do you love the good news? Are you glad that you know it? Are you glad that God forgave you? Are you convinced that the Holy Spirit of God lives in you? Well, go get him. Go get him. We need to be armed and loaded. The enemy's after him. 
tracking them down, beating them up. We have the good news. We need to share it. Verse 9, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. This is the key to life. And God, God's breaking a couple strongholds in my life. And I'm teaching a, a message called Red Sea Moments um, next week. And I'm telling you, I've got a few. I've got a few. I've got a few Red Sea Moments. And God's using it to, um, to break me and to teach me to trust him in a deeper way. Sometimes our self-sufficiency or reliance on other things can keep us from the deep, deep places that God wants to take us to, to serve the living God. And the, the wonderful message of this book, and we'll read it again and again, the wonderful message is found in this message, and to wait for his son from heaven. To wait for his son from heaven, verse 10. From whom he raised from the de- to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. This world is ramping up, right? Can you feel it? <clears throat> this world is ramping up. And glory to God, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. I can feel the thunder. I can feel the thunder. So when I came to the Lord in those early days, and you must see the movie Jesus Revolution, it is not perfect. I was there, and some of the details are not entirely correct. But the essence that just fired me up again was they kept showing faces of new believers. And they were radiant, so thankful, with not just their salvation, but the fact that this, isn't, this world isn't all there is. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. And in these stormy, um, stormy days that we've had, we don't always have clouds, right? We're California. We don't get storm clouds. But I kept looking at the clouds and I go, do I see your feet coming through there, Jesus? I think I see your feet. I I think, I believe, I believe. And when I came to the Lord week one, I learned I was forgiven. I learned that, that the power of the Holy Spirit could live in me. And I believed and I learned that Jesus is coming back. And I believe it's in our lifetime. I believe, I believe he's coming back. The rapture of the church. And one of the first, the things that we, it was part of our language that we use. We would say when we were parting from friends or someone was leaving, we'd go here, there, or in the air. Here, there, or in the air. Because we didn't know. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow. So when you leave today, I want you to say here, there, or in the air. And then back to our cover, the gospel road trip. You can do it. You can do it. 
Wouldn't you be disappointed if you thought about telling your neighbor that Jesus loved her and you didn't? And as you're flying up in the air, you go, I wish I had have said something. I wish I had have said something. It's not a guilt trip. I feel like God's just fanning into flame. Fire you up. Who says I'm in? Almost half of you. <laughs> okay, keep your hand up. Lord, we just, we just pray, God. As you deputize the dream team, Silas, Timothy, and Paul, to go on great adventures, to step out of their comfort zone. Lord, they had the same Holy Spirit, the same Father, God, and Savior we do. And Lord, we hold up our hand to your heavens, God, and we pray that you would anoint us and fill our heart with a passion for your gospel. That when we look at people around us, we want them to know what we know. We want them to know you. And so, God, we pray that you would use us. Put us on the road, even if it's just to walk across the street or turn around in line at the grocery store and tell somebody that you love them. And we pray in Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen. Amen.